This episode of Laser Time is brought to you by Gamefly, and you listeners right now can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LaserTime to get a free month's worth of Gamefly. Later time you dig. Oh, yes. We get to talk about a topic on this show I am so excited about that I get to use those two words, which I haven't used in a long time. You dig. Uh, oh, so very happy. Something. I, I, I'm very happy. Later time, you didn't know. We are the internet's, let's say, 14th leading pop culture show. We keep on sliding. But thanks for your support. It's at patreon.com slash laser time. Keep us afloat while the haters, the haters leave us. And then post on Reddit about us, about how bad we are. Uh, but but this, this is the one that's going to bring us back. And I, I, I didn't think I'd find, I, we didn't have the perfect people to do this show. Each week we pitch, pick a topic on the show. We try and find some expertise, uh, do, do our research. The, the guy I grew up loving with, the stuff with, wasn't around me until now. And now you are. Hi, Sammy. Hey there. And uh, Trav. Trav is here. It turns out has a bunch of knowledge in this direction as well. Yeah, I think uh, back in the day, I I think I threatened you mm-hmm. with like watching a lot of these black exploitation movies. So, well, you pushed you pushed me in in terms of the Monday Night Movies to watch stuff that like I was familiar with, but I didn't give the audience credit for being familiar with it. Right? Because I I don't know. Grew up here with Sam watching black exploitation shit and the black friends watching this shit, and ev- everyone in SF, none of them knew about it. Right. Uh, but that's what we'll be talking about in this week's episode, and it's going to be a stone-cold gas, my friend, <laughs> which is actually a line from Leslie Nielsen in Naked Gun 33 and a third, but when he's flashback to the 70s and has an afro. I've never understood what it meant. <laughs> I've never heard anyone else say this in any 70s movie, but we went and watched a bunch of 70s movies for this show, right. so we could talk to you about black exploitation. Yes. Bring out the bring out that black brass. It's Absolutely, t- <laughs> it's time it's time to talk about black exploitation. And I, I'm no expert by any means, just a fan, right? Uh, and I in, in in doing the research, like oh, I inadvertently just by being interested back in the '90s did see most of the black exploitation. Uh, what's what's a good definition of black exploitation? Well, a black exploitation movie would be a movie that's a predominantly black cast. Um, mm-hmm. We usually. When we when we kind of frame these movies, it's from 1972, 71, 72 mm-hmm. to about 78, I think is when 70, 78, 77, whenever Star Wars uh, came out. That's the that's, that's going to be the that's end. considered the <laughs> the end of it when yeah. Black Hollywood was kind of pushed out. Like Black Hollywood was thrown out. Like it is an astonishing tale because I thought it because we grew Sam and I grew up in, the, in like a little older than you, Trav. We grew up in the '90s when this was being celebrated much more. Right at that point, but like and do, like having knowing a little more about film history now, how fucked the Hollywood studios were at the late '60s when like just every single movement of any kind, not just the Black Panther movement, but the hippie movement and the peace, the Freaknik movements, the Beatniks. No one was going to movies anymore. Right. And they were desperate to figure out a way to get people back in the theaters. And I didn't realize that was sort of what this was. Like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing, but people want to make this kind of movie? Okay. They showed up? Oh, thank God. Right. <laughs> we'll continue to make more. Well, and it, it, it definitely comes from that. And when you look at the 1960s, a lot of those movies that aren't kind of, like, very genre-specific or the ones yeah. that last, you know, forever are just kind of movies that are just... They're just there, right? Yeah. Like you know, you have you have your you know 
Um, the Eliza Doolittle movie. I can't think of the name of it. Um, my Fair Lady? My Fair Lady, right. You have your My Fair Ladies. It's one have... of my favorite uh, <laughs> in the but, Dolomite series. <laughs> but you, you had those movies. But like every other movie was just like a just a movie to be there. And then so in 1971, you have movies that are actually starting to become more genre-defiant, right? Like um, even before we talk about these movies, you look at movies like, you know, the, the women's rights movies, yeah. right? Whereas all the revenge, your revenge tales, and you have your horror boom as well. Yeah, Easy Rider and right. all that shit. So it, it it was almost like people who had a an idea for a genre finally got a chance to say, oh, hey, I you're going to give me money to do that. Yeah. And this, this is where that boom comes from. So I actually kind of want to bring this back just a little bit more. Go for uh, it. We talk about black exploitation movies. So the black exploitation movie is it actually kind of comes out of the black rights movement from mm-hmm. the 1960s 1950s 1960s um and a lot of these movies um actually if you kind of look at the fabric of them mm-hmm. it's kind of bred in the whole white flight uh movement of the 1960s uh, and 70s i'm so glad you mentioned that because <laughs> any of these movies that take place in new york are like right before everyone was gentrified out of those fucking neighborhoods right so it's it's just, in, in the case where they had good cameras this is some of your last hd looks are at that era of New York City before they forced working people out. Right, right. And so at the time, you know, you had the Black Liberation Movement, mm-hmm. you had the Black Panthers, um, you had the stuff that were that were do- happening down here, down mm-hmm. south uh, with Martin Luther King, and you had a very vocal and angry generation that yeah. felt like they weren't being heard. the The first black exploitation really big movie was uh, Sweet. Sweet, 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 backs. sweet backs, <laughs> badass song. I, I, every time I, I, was like, I you know, I meant, it's I, such a I meant to segue. In order to research this, I found a channel on Amazon channels right. called Brown Sugar. Have yes, you heard of this? Right. Yes, I, I, I heard on about it today. I thought about subscribing to it, but I was like, oh god, damn it! Then I'm gonna have to get on the phone and cancel it, like you know, a couple yeah, months from now. Channel. And then, yeah, you can actually just cancel it online because I'm like, I don't need a channel like that for a whole year for I, just I a genre. But like, so. I was like, I'll take this for a month or two. Like, mm-hmm. just looking at it, like all this shit I talked about in 302010 that I wasn't able to find on DVD two years ago is on the channel Brown Sugar. Yes, I right. saw the and, same thing. And like, it doesn't. It has that. It has Hollywood Shuffle, and I'm gonna get you sucker, mm-hmm. which are parodies of black exploitation <laughs> films, which they <laughs> yeah, also right. have, and they have Blank Man, and they had what I did find. A movie I had only read about but never seen, Watermelon Man. So that's uh, what I was going to get into. Oh, wow. Water, uh, Watermelon Man. My yeah. bad. No, but this yeah. water, water, dude. Look up clips of Watermelon Man. Yeah. It is hysterical. So yeah. Watermelon Man. The the premise of it. This was directed by Melvin 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 Van Peebles. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie. The premise of it is is a white liberal couple. Mm-hmm. Um, Shitty insurance salesman yeah, guy. Yeah, just like, but they're you know they're very liberal, and his wife's very liberal, and he wakes up one morning and he's black. And yeah, but it's, it's <laughs> like the opening of the, he runs to get on the bus, and the bus driver's black. He's like, ah, you're late. This yeah. would have happened back in my day, and it's like a, a, a black guy in whiteface, and he's just saying these horrific things. He walks to the back of the bus. He's like, "Of course, you'd have to be driving it from back here." <laughs> like, but it's but it's it's like it's an it was an outrageous comedy for the time. Right, it is a thousand times more outrageous now. Right, it is crazy. Um, and <laughs> he wakes up black, and in the shot where he reveals his ass. 
Like that's how it's. <laughs> he sees his ass in the mirror. Right. Like that's that's this movie is crazy. Right. And um, but you know he 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 works on that movie and. Once he does that movie, the studio was like, okay, well, we want to give you three. It was successful. Yeah, they were like, we want to give you three movies. Like, you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, okay, well, I'm going to do uh, Sweet Sweet Sweetback's Badass yeah. Song, which is, like, one of the wildest, uh, just, like, 70s movies. And, it, I, and I was talking to Sam about this earlier. It reminded me of, like, something like Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, like mm -hmm. how it's kind of structured. Where it's like not really a synchronous um, like story beat. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like in between shots, but it's it's a really wild one. I think I gave you a trailer to play. Mm. Thank Keep the faith in Beetle. Old Beetle gonna brand new through. Cause this is just a skirmish. <laughs> you know how that damn game go, baby. But you keep the faith in me, and you my man. You my favorite man. Can you take it, baby? I see. I don't even know if I've seen the whole movie. Right. Or I, I saw the Mario Van Peebles movie that he made about his dad making this movie. Yeah, that movie's called Badass. Badass. Yeah. Uh, does it have seven S's yeah. like it yes, does in the does. title for this yeah, one? Yeah, it does. <laughs> also, was that a shower cap that guy was wearing? It was a shower cap, <laughs> okay. that guy's. Well, okay, so well, black hair is a little bit I'm not different. criticizing anybody. I was just wondering <laughs> what that perm, colorful thing on his head was. In the movies we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about some of the worst fucking hair in history, white or black. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, the hair is pretty <laughs> cool. The, well, the white people's hair is fucking vile. <laughs> okay. That's okay, yes. terrible. Yes, I'll give you that. Yes, it, give you it, that. It, it, it's disgusting to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just that, that's, that a grown man with giant sideburns has like those flapper waves in his hair. It's disgusting. <laughs> that was from the last movie yeah. you watched. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they all look like that. They all have this weird perm. And to look like, ironically, to look like my hair, which I have to cut short now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can to just fit grow in with the whitey. I was like, you can just grow it out and just be like, hey, I'm going for a more retro look. Yeah, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of doing the Larry David in like uh, 1981. Yeah, it's look. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. So, um, uh, Sweetback's, Sweet, Sweetback's Badass Song. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to call it Sweetback from now on because right. it's a lot. Um, so the whole the whole premise of it is Sweetback, he was a kid that was born in a, in a brothel. With a big dick. With a big dick. <laughs> uh, and was raped as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, and... He became like this, like pimp, kind of. Like it's a weird, it's a really weird thing. And like it's, he would have been on Letterman, stupid Petrix, if yeah, the nineteen seventies, because of what he could do with his dick. Uh, but <laughs> so one of the things that you kind of see with a lot of these movies, the main character was played by Melvin Ben Peebles, yeah. um, writer director, writer director, mm -hmm. and. So this movie actually gets funded, and I know this is kind of like a taboo subject to oh, yeah. bring up, was funded by like, in part by Bill Cosby. Mm -hmm. um, Bill Cosby, for all of his really shitty, shitty faults, mm -hmm. he really helped out a lot of this young black Hollywood movement mm -hmm. at the time. It was buying and, speakers for Martin Luther King shit. Well, and you have to think about it. In the 1970s, Bill Cosby was 
like that voice, he right? Was. Like we would equate him kind of like uh, uh, Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. right? Like how Dave Chappelle was when we were growing up in the aughts. Mm-hmm. Like Bill Cosby was that for a lot of black, you know, black actors, mm-hmm. and he made sure, like, okay, well, we're going to get black actors. I want to make sure that they can make the films they want to make, mm-hmm. and there was nobody who wanted to make this movie because it's fucking crazy. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it it's not. It's not just that it's crazy. That I mean, that it is one of the first black movies of this type it's that normally like even hollywood's code said that like if you had someone in like conducting criminal behavior they have to be punished in the last act right and sweetback is not he is and, not. like in theater people walked out of the audience like he didn't get killed in the end and he won like i know it's weird right <laughs> yeah. it's fucking crazy so like it like set this thing off in people like these kind of movies can be this can happen? Yeah. So what actually one of the things that happened was Melvin Mid Peoples, he's talking about mm-hmm. he was he was at the theater, he was watching it, and he said this older black lady was in the crowd, she's like, Oh, he's gonna he's gonna die. I don't want to see I I want him it's, it's the scene where he's in the desert and yeah, he's like trying to make it in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's like, I want him to die in the desert rather than be killed by the police. That way he died on his own yeah. end because we don't make it through movies, right? That's yeah. always been the stereotype. Not even like, you know, mm-hmm. but we, we don't make it through the movies. And then the fact that he lived fucking blew yeah. her mind. Nobody walked to the theater expecting mm-hmm. to live. And it just, I don't know. Like, I think a thousand ideas were planted in young creators' heads right. at that point. No, it was definitely, you're looking at it, it's like, oh, well, we can make movies where we're the hero. <laughs> Don't get killed. <laughs> and like we can we could talk about a system that, you know, in those metropolitan areas where there was white flight, like mm-hmm. there was a system that was that was overly de- demonstrative towards, you know, people of color. Mm-hmm. You know, at, being in the South, that's the thing that we always get. It's like, oh, the South's always racist. But like when you look at especially at that time, it was happening everywhere, especially yeah. when there was urban sprawl because where people need to work really easy, yeah, mm-hmm. right. So he, you know, he does this, and it was such a big movie. The Black Panthers made it required watching <laughs> before joining he kills the a lot Black of cops. Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, who so, are trying to frame him for murder, and right. they're mad that they can't frame him for murder, <laughs> right? And it, it's it's such a it's such a really it's such a really good touchstone. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it. Just because I don't like that kind of like shot style, it's like, it's low budget as fuck. It right, is, it is a little hard to watch. I think it's so the budget on that film was fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, like almost all. Like, yeah, it was like it wasn't a lot of money into that film, mm-hmm. but it's still it's still a very formidable film and it's still very important. Totally. totally. Uh, but if we also look at nineteen seventy one, there mm-hmm. was another film. Well, can we get into out. the other films when we get back from the short break? Absolutely. And just because. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about our background with it, but part of that is the soundtracks. The soundtracks are the best, and I think one of the best movie soundtracks of all time is the Superflux soundtrack. Yes. And uh, the original people, I didn't see the new one this summer. Me either. Uh, uh, it, it better have, I don't care if it's good, but it better have a great soundtrack. Well, Curtis Mayfield is dead, Curtis so I don't know what they're going to do about that. I mean, that. just use the Curtis Mayfield soundtrack yeah. all over again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with all Superfly, but we will be right uh, back with more Blaxploitation. Ghetto child Thinking he's been hanged In the back of his mind he's saying Didn't have to be here You didn't have to love for me While I was just a nothing child Why couldn't they just let me be Let me be, let me be, let me be 
Thank you, fine folks, for listening. Hope you're not too bored. But you know what the perfect solution is for being bored and always has been? Goddamn video games. <laughs> That's why this episode is brought to you by Gamefly. And just so you know, you listeners can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime and get started with a free 30-day trial of the service. What is Gamefly? It's like net. It's like Netflix, but for games, you should know that by now. You create a queue. They ship out uh, two to three games to you. It's up to you. You play them for as long as you want, ship them back, and they'll just keep on shipping stuff from your queue. This is a great way to save money on not only playing a bunch of new releases, a bunch of old releases, because not only does Gamefly have over 8,000 titles ranging from PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, PS Vita, they go all the way back to the original Wii, the original Xbox, PS2 in certain cases. I know, right? And to sweeten the service even more, Gamefly allows you to buy a game back. Have you kept it out for a long time? Do you want to just keep it? Are you that settled into the multiplayer? You can buy that game back from Gamefly. Gamefly at an extremely reduced cost, and they'll send you the box and manual as if you purchased it anywhere else. Once again, you don't have to take my word for it. You can get started with a 30-day free trial for yourself by going to GameflyOffer.com slash time. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's a clip from 1998. The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time what? released in North America at pretty much worldwide this month, 20 years ago. The actual dates kind of vary. And for me personally, it was weird because this was my senior year of high school. It's coming out like two weeks after my birthday and I pre-ordered it. And back in the day when you didn't really pre-order that many games. Yeah. And for the first time in forever, um, you know, the original Zelda famously on a gold cartridge that was instead of the gray, it was the shiny gold color. And they hadn't really played with that ever since the NES days. The, you know, Link to the Past on Super Nintendo was not gold. Link's Awakening on the Game Boy was not gold. So they finally did the gold cartridge again. And for whatever reason, the electronics boutique that I pre-ordered at, the gray copies came first and the gold ones came like a day or two later. That's awesome. So <laughs> I had to sit there and hear about my friend. Oh, you wouldn't believe how good. It's so cool. And I'm like, I can't stop talking to you, man. Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on LazerTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. back in with Pusherman. Ah! Uh, and we, we didn't get to talk about this real fast, Trav. My fascination with this genre. But this is like... I didn't think Luke Cage was a terrible show. Right. But I thought the first season was pretty terrible except for like this vibe. Right. That it had throughout. Having seen these black exploitation movies and that the music was always ex- just perfect. In uh, Except for this censored Wu-Tang Clan song. Yeah. Didn't care much, <laughs> didn't care much for that. No, and it's... I, when Whenever they do... 
whenever like Hollywood does scenes like that, mm-hmm. where it, it feels like it's actually a neighborhood mm-hmm. or actually you're ta- actually talking to black people, other than I wrote lines for a black person to say, <laughs> right? Um, it it definitely shines through. The movie I actually thought that reminded me of like this kind of touchstone mm-hmm. this year that we would never think of as a black exploitation movie was Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther is a predominantly black tr- cast. Mm-hmm. It is a black director. It is a very Afrocentric movie opening in Oakland. Come on. No, I'm just <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> opening, oh, yeah, opening in Oakland, you know, <laughs> talking about political strife. Before moving to Africa. Before going back to Africa. <laughs> like it's there's a lot of there's a lot of the DNA from these movies that mm-hmm. is in that movie, even yeah. to the point where um, uh, I almost said Childish Gambino. That would be racist. Um, Donald Glover? Uh, no, it wasn't Donald Glover. It was... Um, uh, he just won a Pulitzer for his fucking... Kendrick Lamar ah. did a album mm-hmm. where it was like this tribute album, like albums that was that was inspired by the Black Panther script. Oh, oh he did? Yes. and Because I know he did the, the song for the movie. Right, but he actually did a full-on album that I is a, inspired by the script, which, like I said, we talked about Curtis Mayfield. Curtis Mayfield read the script of Superfly mm. and he was like, I'm going to write, you know, the music for it. We'll talk more we'll definitely talk more about Superfly. Yeah. But how did how did you get into these movies? Because so, you're younger than we are. Right. Um, I'm younger than you guys, but I have a lot of cousins who are older. My mom mm. is the second youngest in her family. So I have a lot of cousins who are born 78, 79, mm. 80. And we used to have these things like everybody always talks about, you know, oh, what are tapes? But we used to have VHS tapes mm-hmm. everywhere. And my family would always like burn movies off of you know VH uh, not VH uh, off of like HBO mm-hmm. whatever was showing or if you got we had to dual layer tape so if you had a tape from Blockbuster so I grew up watching a lot of these movies like um, like Sweetback I grew up watching um, uh, Stand by not Stand by Me yeah Stand by Me is the the high school one like so a lot of like no. black centric no no Stand by Me but, um, what's the fucking nineties uh, Sin Deliver? No. Uh, What's it about? No, no. Lean on me. <laughs> Lean on me. There yeah, we go. Man. Something on me. Um, but no. I've seen that movie a million times. <laughs> but so, crack, don't you boy? Yeah. <laughs> but a lot Throw of yourself <laughs> off the roof. So a lot of those things that would have normally missed me by a generation, I was okay. able to kind of see because I had older cousins who were like, hey, you should watch this. Or they were just watching that. And my parents were younger growing up too. Mm-hmm. So this was like right in their real house. Like uh, one of the movies that my dad loves is a piece of the action. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is a black exploitation movie made in 1977, and like, I haven't seen that that's, one. It is it is Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby, and they're like in a high school, you know, teaching mm-hmm. kids. And Bill Cosby was a jewel. The thief. negative times the negative <laughs> equals a positive. But like Bill Cosby is like this jewel it's a, thief. It's a good joke for very old people. That's why <laughs> Sam got it. <laughs> Bill Cosby was yeah. a jewel thief who was. Um, you know, he's learned, he's like trying to become good. And Sidney Poitier is this principal of the school of, of like bad youths mm-hmm. and everything. So, like, I was able to see that be- just because of the proximity of people who are older than me. Mm-hmm. And this was in their real house. This is stuff that they grew up on. So, I, I, I'm of the age, and Sam is of the age of when almost annoyingly, like, 70s kitsch was really in. But I don't remember exactly how we got involved with I know we're. I can remember where I got into it, mm-hmm. and TL may uh, be able to correct me here. The Bruce Leroy movie is that the it's not the last, last dragon. dragon. It is, it the, last is dragon. the last dragon. Yes. You had mentioned earlier that that's a black exploitation movie, totally. so that would be the first one that I saw. I just didn't know what I was watching at the time, but mm-hmm. I loved that movie when it would come on back in the eighties. It scared so the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, it did. It, it, the end where the end where he like kills. 
show enough. Yeah. Like yeah. that shit, like I ran screaming out of a French trailer <laughs> for the second time in the night after the heart was ripped out of Temple of Doom. I do remember <laughs> glowing show enough was a little bit frightening, yeah. but um, no, the first real black exploitation movie that I saw, which is, this is a little bit ridiculous because it's a parody of black exploitation movies yes. is I believe 1989's I'm Gonna Get You Sucka. Yeah. Yes. And my it's friends... Like paved the way for living in living color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was uh, directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans and... Um, my friends across the street had shown it to me and we taped it on, on the VCR off of cable and the like ones you, who became my friends across the street later on. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> but, uh, like kids do back then in the eighties and nineties, uh, when you're a kid, you can, it's my cat playing with a toy. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, when you're a kid, you can watch the same movie every day, sometimes multiple <laughs> times a day, all summer break. Yeah. And so I've seen that movie like probably literally over a hundred times and not mm-hmm. just in my childhood. I just, I adore that movie, but, uh, you know, I think I was maybe 10 years old at the time, nine years old, and I didn't get all the jokes in it, but I still could tell that what I was watching was really funny. It's hilarious. Right. Yeah. And because of that movie and a lot of the references they make, and then like becoming a little bit older and listening to public enemy, I would hear all these references to these movies and, you know, we still had a video store up the street. So that would make me go watch like Cleopatra Jones or black Caesar, Superfly all these movies so i got into them probably in my early teenage years i watched years. most of them with you i just uh i'm trying to remember I, I swear it came from like i think just a simple joke from will smith on fresh prince mm. he made a joke about shaft goes to africa and like the old audience cracks up and like what the fuck does that mean, does that mean? <laughs> and then i'm like back in the day when uh you shut up kitty when you don't <laughs> when you don't uh when you don't even have a cable guide you just have that tv guy that comes and you're looking for what's coming on in the week so maybe mm-hmm. you can see this movies people have been talking about for six years right. it's like fuck shaft goes to africa is real <laughs> and uh and then i watched the first shaft movie and i thought this is like nothing else i've ever seen i'm like i'm mm-hmm. like 12 or something like that and i'm like there's two more of these big score yeah and i so i started watching that and i think shaft yeah. If we're segueing back to black exploitation, that's the that is the same movie that that's the next movie that came out in 1971. So you have Sweetback that comes out, mm-hmm. and then you have Shaft. Oh, and if, sorry, Tarantino. Sorry, all oh. white kids have to say you Tarantino. got into black exploitation because of Tarantino as well, because he made it really cool and something like when I was working in a video store in the late 90s, early 2000s, like all this shit was getting pristine re-releases and been treating treated very well. Whereas we tried to see some of this stuff and it's just fucking gone. It's right. out of print mm-hmm. or on YouTube only. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and so Tarantino, I was watching like an old interview he did about it in like 2004 mm-hmm. and he comes on there and he was saying like he... Oh, probably with a terrible black scent and everything. <laughs> no, he's like, oh. it's like, I went to a theater and I went, I was trying to see like, I was, yeah, so okay. he went to the movie and he was like, he goes, he's like, I go into movie movie and they're you know they're they're all talking during the during the trailers and and he's like he's like but then when the movie came on it just stopped and then i saw something i'd never seen before like this whole you know black this black movie mm-hmm. and it was shaft like that was the movie like he came in and he saw shaft and it blew his it's mind fucking ex- and it's like it is a major studio picture right yeah like, I, right, right I, after sweetback i have to believe that it's the most commercially successful of the genre it, it nobody got that many sequels and nobody got that a tv show right but <laughs> but richard roundtree for like forever i think uh, a star in so- somebody like he pops up i haven't seen him in a while is he dead uh i don't think he is dead because he used to cameo in like fucking everything well he cameoed, he is still alive he cameoed in the remake Yes. 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 I, no. I think he, but he was just playing Shaft. Yeah. Right. Oh, he was John Shaft because because Sam Jackson was playing Shaft's son, nephew. I I I don't remember that movie a lot. I remember watching it and 
not being a huge fan of the 2000 Shaft movie. Shaft movie. I was just Shaft happy to have Shaft back. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it was. It was definitely. If you could play the trailer, oh, the Shaft, I'd love to. so we can hear that Isaac gorgeous that, Isaac. Yes, Hayes. amazing soundtrack. I don't know. I love every second yeah. of this. In a world <laughs> where a brother man will do anything for his brother man. Well, did you guys catch that guy at the very end there? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is uh, Antonio from- Fargus, and he uh, shows up in yeah, yeah, shows up in quite a few yeah. of these movies, I'm including yeah, yeah. He is fly guy, and I'm going to see the one with the, the dead fish in his uh, in the heels of his. Yes, 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 that is yeah. him. Uh, but um, so Shaft, what was what's really crazy about it is, it's this movie about you know this black cop who you know is like this cool you know he's cool black cop, but he it doesn't shy away from the fact that he is still a black man in America. Like mm-hmm. the opening scene is him yeah, trying to get a fucking taxi, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, well, what the fuck? Like, and he's like, he's the coolest motherfucker mm-hmm. alive, but you can't get a taxi because you're a black man in New York. Like, yeah. well, I, he's, he's still hassled by the cops who have to work with him. Right. And with that anecdote, I had this weird flashback to like watching like 60 minutes or something mm-hmm. as a kid. And it was talking about getting a, uh, you know, being black and getting a taxi in New York city. And they had uh Yapit Koto of all yes. people going out. That, and... that was a Michael Moore segment on uh, was TV it? Nation. Yeah. Shit. Okay. I thought it was Yapit Koto. I... All right. So that's what memory's worth. <laughs> but who... but anyway, in in the segment, he's like uh, trying to get a taxi, and they will interview the taxi drivers after they refuse to pick him up, and uh, you know they would claim, "Well, I couldn't see him there." So then they bring out these gigantic studio lights to like illuminate him. You know, to make him noticeable, and still the same thing oh, happens. But they had a, a like a convicted sex offender who was white, hail a cab. And he he <laughs> yeah. always got the cab instead of Oscar nominated Yafet yeah, Koto, who, by the way, is part of the black exploitation craze. I think would go on to play a Bond villain, right? And you only live twice because it's capitalizing on that very same craze in the middle of it. Uh, so um, it's live and let die. Live and let die. My yes, I, I think those movies are terrible and haven't seen. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I think and he also <laughs> was an alien, yeah. which I think is worth mentioning. And yeah. Midnight yeah. Run. Oh yeah, awesome. that's right. Mm-hmm. Love Yafet. Uh, but yeah, no. Shaft is Shaft is required viewing. It's like just it's like great. just in life. Like you should, if you live, you should watch Shaft. You should because it, <laughs> it looks really good. It's been treated well because it was at a major studio. And right. It, it, it it's this really pretty. It's all it's all Harlem and like Greenwich Village and like it's just gorgeous. Uh, and the sound is a little better than most of these black station <laughs> movies. Right. Uh, but but. It's really fucking fun, and it was very, very goddamn successful. It right. just, it just, it has almost no radical element to it. It is, it's the studio. I don't know, I don't know how it got to be one of the first of its genre because it, it's very. It, it, when you watch all these as a whole, it's a very studio film. Right. It's mm-hmm. very, very safe. Uh, I do. I, I did get a dumb clip for some reason, just because I, I was watching it on this computer. Hello. Hello, baby. I waited up. Sorry, I can't make it. You got problems, baby. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of them. I was born black. And I was born poor. I love you. Yeah, I know. Take it easy. 
Click. But this movie fucking rules, and it's yeah. like I don't. It was directed by Gordon Parks. Yeah, I didn't know, but like is was like quintessential to like photography and like the civil rights movement. Right. And this is one of his first movies. His son directed Superfly. Right. Like a year no later. Shit, really? Yeah. yeah. But uh, the, the screenplay, and I love this, written by John D. Black, not a joke, uh, <laughs> but an Ernest Tidyman who, who wrote the novel. Right. Both white guys. Right. Um, and Because and, there's apparently there's seven Shaft books. And the second one, it's like, what's the next Shaft book? Uh, it's called Shaft Among the Jews. And <laughs> uh, you have to explain that one. Yeah. Well, it's just it's a a Jewish uh, diamond cutter who is being hunted by the Israeli Defense Force or something okay. in New York. But like that's the title of the book, Shaft Among the. I can't wait. A for different sh- time. I, I was I worried it would go somewhere else, like Shafted by the Jews. No, Shaft okay. Among the Jews. I swear, yeah. like Google it. It's it's a fucking fantastic yeah. book title. Yeah, I kind of want Shaft cover. to go to like a bris. Like I just wanted to be like, <laughs> which one of you? Jive turkeys. And actually, that was part. Because I remember with Sam, the, the word jive always made us laugh because like we had no idea how to use that. I right. Think, well, I think, and it was it was antiquated by the time we would hear totally, it. Totally. Uh, because I remember we were watching Dirty Harry and like, you jive ass bastard. Yeah, there's like, a what? scene, I think, in the third uh, Dirty Harry movie. I think it's the, uh, the Enforcer where he's like, um, interrupting a liquor store robbery or something, and like it's just like this guy is like needlessly an asshole to him. He's like on the floor, motherfucker! I'll blow this lady's this nice lady's brains all over you. And like spread eagle, you jive ass <laughs> bastard. <laughs> and that's that's what. Well, from the beginning, the black exploitation genre ha- uh, attracted negative attention. Right. Um, the NAACP chief among them, and I think they absolutely have a point. It's just that like Shaft is no different from Dirty Harry. So and I was going to talk about it once we talk about like said some of the more Sorry. some of the other films. Mm. It's they have a they have a point to a degree, and I think oh it's no more, totally. I think it's more in like how storytelling is right. Mm-hmm. The the argument from the NAACP and it was it was black people who coined the phrase black exploitation because it, I didn't and I didn't know it was like totally pejorative, right? Because it, it was meant to be pejorative. Like you are being exploited, and they will take all these profits and put them in movies you are not in, right? And mm-hmm. they were right, right? <laughs> it, it turns out, yeah, it turns out it actually happened. But uh, they were also talking about like, well, how do we frame black people, right? Mm-hmm. How do we how many times can you be a black person who is a pimp mm-hmm. or who is a criminal or who is like, you know, and even though you're on the right side of good, like everything is a Robin Hood type story. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, you're doing something extremely illicit to and, move forward, you know. And like sort of deifying selling out your community. And right. Which, again, is totally fair. It's just that, but like it still is a 70s film. Like it, it's a very... The the films are very seventies films. Like all the dirty, all the Clint Eastwood stuff was so, kind of exactly like this. Mm. It just didn't have the whole race thing playing for it. Right. I mean, it's just like like you know, dirty, disgusting, terrible sideburns and lapels as far as the eye <laughs> yeah. can see. And, well, well, then let's talk about a movie with great black clothing. Oh wait, let me just Blake. wrap up Shaft yeah. real fast. Okay. I thought this yeah. was fascinating. Because I did, because I, I went looking for it as a little kid. I saw the first movie, mm. and it was hard. To, I was harder to find Shaft's big score, which I think is the second movie. Shaft right. is Africa, mm. and it has the weirdest saga on television that I've ever heard of. Because they didn't have a ton of faith in it, and this is like, uh, it went like movie, 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 TV show in like three years, right? Like, all with Richard Roundtree in it. Like he didn't. He's in all of it. So the the show were movies. Ugh, this is so hard to explain. They had another TV show called Hawkins which was about a lawyer. And they put Shaft in that same universe. 
So on TV, you didn't, you couldn't tune in and see Shaft every night. Like every third week, they would show a ninety-minute episode of Hawkins and then a ninety-minute episode of Shaft. Huh. And then ninety minutes, right? Like, like you know how like Sherlock right. is done, yeah. Except yeah, yeah, that there yeah. were seven episodes of this, and like clearly, so it was like TV movie length. Yes, TV yeah. movie length, but also like TV movie budget. Like you'll watch these now and say they look cheap, but like see the show like that looks really really cheap like mm-hmm. and, and not usually shot in new york so yeah you couldn't see the show every week because that would be it would be hawkins turn <laughs> and then uh, if and if like someone tunes in and like i didn't really not like that episode that was 90 minutes um, they may never watch it again so like right. the shaft show sort of fizzled out after one season but i think it's it's clearly the most legendary, and it's the most legendary for a reason. The movie, the first movie's really good. No, mm-hmm. it's it's a, like I said, it's, it's definitely required watching. Sorry, your transition um, was. But my transition was. You talked about terrible clothing. Mm-hmm. Let me talk about a movie with fantastic clothing. <laughs> came out in 1972 mm-hmm. with probably the best soundtrack to any movie. That mm-hmm. is Superfly. Oh, yeah. This dude is bad, and he ain't just fly. He's super fly, yeah, super fly. When it comes to women, they come to him. But it's still not enough. He wants a big score, a million in cash, yeah, the big one. This is a chance, and I want to take it now before I have to kill somebody, before somebody ices me. What kind of money are we talking about? Not much. I want his ass out working. Oh, just pick up the Curtis Mayfield soundtrack. You'll be the king of every party. Yeah, yeah. and I actually mm-hmm. I I remember getting that soundtrack on CD when I was mm-hmm. old enough to drive, and I love listening to it. It's there, really good. Okay, people who don't know black exploitation. That dumbass South Park album. Was it Master P who had like a he sampled Freddy's Dead? Yeah. Kenny's for, dead. You got Kenny's, to ride We've got to ride tonight. <laughs> oh, we Kenny's gonna die tonight. tonight. Yes. <laughs> that's a sample of Curtis Mayfield from Freddy's Dead from this soundtrack. Holy right. shit. Somebody understood what you were talking about. You understood it very quickly. Yes, yes, so yes. Fucking yes, happy. Yeah. But that's a great Curtis Mayfield um soundtrack. He's yeah. in the movie doing yeah. musical performances. Yeah. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And, and, and oh no, I was gonna say so. Superfly mm-hmm. um, was a forty-two page script. It is a forty-two page script, but there are um, like sixty-five cutaways to the greatest <laughs> cinematic car in history. Yeah. So, like the, this modified El Dorado that looks like something out of like Megaforce. It's, so, it's like ninety feet long. It's incredible. <laughs> so the story story about that car is when they were making the movie. <laughs> yeah. So they made a movie. This movie is made in, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. So it's yeah. an Ohio based movie. And they were talking to a pimp in Ohio. I didn't know that. Yeah, they talked to a pimp in Ohio, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we want to use your car. <laughs> you know, you for no." He was. They're like, "Hey, your car is sweet." He's like, "Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, let's fly." He's like, "Okay, well, what if we use your car in the movie?" And he was like, "Okay." And then he pulls the guy aside. He's like, "Look, they ain't make they ain't letting us brothers make any kind of movie." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "No, we swear to you, we're making a movie. We want to we want to feature your car in the movie." Yeah. He does it and like so like it was like this guy who like it was watching the interview it was like this white guy who did the custom he was like I didn't it, to me it was just like El Camino for this guy I knew they made the movie now that they make the movie they put that pimp in the movie yep. 
Um, so like it <laughs> was killed in the film. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's such a really good. But so to me, Superfly. To me, I think this is what Scarface. Like when I look at stuff, huh. like it's it's it kind of reminiscent. Like it's very reminiscent of like what Scarface does, right? It's the it's the story of someone coming up, you know. Using an illicit trade and becoming too big for their britches, mm-hmm. right? By and any means necessary. By any means slapping necessary. Slapping women around. <laughs> uh, slapping women around. Mm-hmm. Sla- like telling the guy he's going to she's going he's going to take his wife and put her on the street, and then he better get his fucking money. Mm-hmm. Like it's this, it's this eagle, is this is this maniac who gets taught like, hey, you can't get too big, mm-hmm. right? And I think like. I think a lot of things with Superfly, like if you look at it superficially, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. look at the great pimp suits and look at mm-hmm. the, you know, the cool Rolls, Rolls Royce that they drive. Look at these great things. But then like you have to look at the film of like it's a movie about access, about, about access, about excess. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I like about these exploitation movies, especially the good ones. Mm-hmm. It's always like there is a consequence. You can't sell yourself out. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things like when people talk about it, it's like the 70s movement, especially with, you know, with African-Americans went to more of a, of a we went from a we in mm. the 60s to more of a me movement mm. from the 80s, from the 70s and 80s, where it became more of a, okay, I understand what we had to get there, mm-hmm. but let me get there first yeah. and move forward. And I so, might invite you back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I might pull you yeah. <laughs> This, But this movie is... Gorgeous. It's great. It's and, look, if you look at the cover art on the poster or the album, like no, that's in there. They wear he, he definitely yeah. wears a fur suit that color. And I, I, I couldn't believe it either. I think my two biggest uh, takeaways, if you've seen Superfly, mm-hmm. is number one, pimping it easy, mm-hmm. yeah. and number two is uh, doing small amounts of cocaine in each nostril every five minutes. <laughs> really makes the day go by better. <laughs> well, and before I saw this movie, I always heard people talk about cocaine now. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Sorry, gotta, and then you watch this movie, and it's just like... I gotta use... There's, there's What's the song on here? It's like, ain't no time for that, parentheses, cocaine song. <laughs> or there's there's like a cocaine a, song in the soundtrack. Yeah, I think yeah. from Pusher Man, it's like, I'm I'm your doctor when you need, want some coke, have some have weed. Some weed. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, so, and that's the thing that was also really cool, was when they were talking about this, like how priests... And the priest in the movie is, like I said, he's this very over-the-top character, right? Mm-hmm. And he's very like... Hey, I want to push all this stuff forward and everything like that, but it's it's offset by Curtis Mayfield's very melancholic, like right, like yo, f- shit sucks. Like yeah. that soundtrack is shit fucking blows, yeah. and it's just mm-hmm. it, how it the duality of it is what makes it such a beautiful. You're right. Film. I listened to the album more than I watched the film, and it actually is they're wildly different. Right, because Mayfield's mm-hmm. like. Like crazy woke in all his fucking songs, <laughs> dude. Like name checks Nixon in like half his next album. <laughs> like, right. uh, but but the song is totally antithetical to what's happening on screen. Right, and he he made that music mm-hmm. after reading that forty two page script. He was mm-hmm. like, "I see where you're going. Okay, I know exactly what I want to do with it." Which is why I think that album is such a good album just to listen to because it's just it's there to tell you like it offsets and you. Listen to that album. You have an idea of what it is to be a black person in a you know in a rural city, you know, trying to struggle to move forward. Mm-hmm. And your skin's too light. He gets a little shit for his skin. Yeah, he does. Light. That's such a. It's such a. It's such a. It's such a black thing. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. I know. I didn't know how to say that it, without. It, it, like, it there a, was like a blow up in our community one yeah. time. Like I don't know if I'm qualified to step in and do anything about this. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, because have... like you know, 
there's always, you know, how do you advocate? How do you advocate yourself, right? Mm. How do you talk? Mm. You know, do you talk black? Do you, are you blind? I'd enough? like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> are you blind enough? But it's it's such a it's such a thing. But like you said, and I, and I think Superfly was the first movie where the NAACP. I know Jesse Jackson was a huge um, uh, uh, enemy against these movies okay. because he was saying like. How are we doing movies about pimps? How are we doing movies about stuff like this? And we're glorifying this life and we're showing kids, hey, you know what? It sucks. Where, mm-hmm. where you're at sucks. But hey, here's a great way for you to get there. Yeah. A great way to get out. Or yeah. I don't know. Hollywood Shuffle, again, is a great, it's not a black exploitation movie, but it's a great response. Like, I'm going to get you suck is like a parody. Right. And mm-hmm. Hollywood Shuffle is like about a struggling actor, but like within like with sketches mid movie. It's awesome. I just haven't seen it in forever. Like I couldn't find it when I needed to. Right. And it's on. Yeah, it's on brown sugar. I, should, we should have it. You think I, we can I'm, line up? I'm still going to subscribe to that after this. Just it, it was, for a couple it's only of months. Three bucks. Right. Like, There's so much on there. Yeah. Right. There's so much that I haven't seen in forever. Yeah. Right. Including Watermelon Man. Uh, yeah. I've, uh, but it's, like so at this point in the black exploitation genre, it's not only successful, uh, it's crossed over. Right. And that's. That's when you get uh, too big to fail, uh, they say, before it all fails. Right. Well, before and, that, mm-hmm. there was one movie, Ooh. which is my favorite movie, and we just watched it. The Mac. Mm-hmm. The Mac. Mm-hmm. So The Mac was 1973, mm-hmm. if we can go ahead and cue that up. A pimp is only as good as his product. His product is women. Now you got to go out there, and you got to get the best ones you can find. It's just a job if things you got to work them broads like nobody's ever worked them before. Help me, baby. I don't give a shit about what happens. Get me my money. Love this shit. Yeah, and this movie was damn near impossible to get onto a TV screen. So right. thank you has, recombine people for doing it. It has yeah. a, a New right. Line Cinema logo, meaning like they weren't really a studio when this movie came no. out. So th- it was they found it worthy enough to re-release. It's just odd to me now. We can't fucking find it. There might not even be a Blu-ray. Right. No, I don't think there is a Blu-ray. I think yeah. it, I think there there were DVDs that were printed when they had that big DVD boom, but yeah. I don't think there's a Blu-ray of it. The Mac. The Soul Mac Cinema, that was the fucking <laughs> yeah. label. Shit Soul, was really, Soul yeah, Cinema, Soul I remember Cinema. now. All right. The Mac is fucking great. Yeah. Um, uh, so the Mac With is... With Richard Pryor, who like... So playing playing the muscle. <laughs> yeah. like, Funniest thing he ever did. Uh, yeah. uh, and he's coked out of his mind in the movie. Dude, he can barely <laughs> open his teeth in like one of the scenes. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that was coke. He was on something though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so the Mac is a story about Goldie. Um who is a guy who is from Oakland. He gets, well, he's originally from Alabama, moves, family moves to Oakland. He gets arrested for pushing dope, uh, gets arrested for five years, comes back, and he kind of falls under the line of a master pimp to become teach him how to become a pimp because that was the best way to make money. And to me, this is the perfect film that takes all of looking at the access. So like, mm-hmm. look at something like Superfly, stuff like that, but then also saying, Hey, what the fuck are you doing to your community? Mm. Because you have the duality of Goldie and his brother. And his brother is saying Mm. like, hey, we can't sell drugs. We can't Mm -hmm. sell women. We have to build ourselves up. We have to build our black America within Mm -hmm. white America, Mm -hmm. which was antithetical to most of the things that we were seeing. So I can't come? You absolutely (laughs) can come. You just can't be a part of it. Free to to visit. I think I said within white America and without white America. Free to visit. Have a drink. (laughs) Um, 
So, but there are there are two clips that I gave. Um, mm-hmm. So Goldie, he goes off from like being this meek character to becoming like you know a very stone cold like badass pimp towards mm-hmm. the end of the movie. Uh, but the first clip is from Pretty Tony, who is probably my favorite character in the movie just because mm-hmm. like how he talks. But the first one is him talking about how to how to treat women in general. No, man, all bitches are the same, just like my hoes, you know? I keep them broke. Wake up one morning with some money to subject to go crazy, you know? I keep them looking good, pretty, and all that, you know, but no dough. When I get a bitch, I got a bitch. Right on. Remember that Mac the Bear? Yeah. Try to steal one of my bitches. Yeah, I called him up on the telephone. I said, hey, Mac, come on over to the pad, and let's wrap a taste on it, you know? So when he comes over, I told her to give him a little taste, because she sure as shit wasn't getting none from me. <laughs> See, that nigga wanted the honey. All we wants is the money. <laughs> and so in the when you're looking when you watch the movie, it's supposed to be like the duality of like pretty Tony is the bad pimp, but Goldie is the good pimp. He treats his women right. Always like the good pimps. Right. He, he treats, <laughs> treats his women right. But then as the movie goes on, he starts becoming more ruthless. He becomes more of a, you know, more of a pimp like Pretty Tony. Uh, to the point where... I don't know. I found like the Walter White shit. Because yeah. we, we were talking about like, in the movie. We don't even have time to talk about it. But Black Dynamite, which is a great... You ha- If you see no other movie after you've heard this discussion, go see Black Dynamite. Absolutely. You'll get all the jokes. But about the idea that like uh, legit Shakespearean stage actors would generally play these parts of these street toughs. Right. In the beginning, this dude is like, dude, how the fuck was he cast in this thing? <laughs> yeah. Because he is so timid and meek and like uh, just a classically trained actor. He's not. Right. He does not sound like a street tough. I don't even see how he got the gig. Right. Uh, but then he does sound like the street tough right. uh, towards the end. Anyway, my baby be in a couple of minutes, lay more money. Mm. All men and you niggas ever seen. Mm. This lady coming in with more oh. money we ever seen. Yeah. Who? <laughs> this nigga over here. Who's over here? Yeah, that chick. Oh, right, 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 right. I Catch know she that. can do it. That's right. <laughs> Motherfucker, can you buy that? 
Nigga, next time you hear grown folks talking, shut the fuck up, yeah? Weird uh, when Richard Pryor is not the most recognizable voice in a movie that he's <laughs> in. I, I don't... I think that's how big... He was already starring in shit, and he has a very small role in this film. Yeah. Uh, 73? 70, yeah, 73. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of my first... He was a TV rich, star at the very right, least. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Like, my first exposure to him, I think, was, like, the toy. I, I know <laughs> yeah. all the, the shitty Gene Wilder movies. Right. But, like, this period... Richard Pryor is a fucking good actor in movies that aren't funny. Yeah. Right. And like, like, if you see this in, like, Blue Collar, Blue Collar, he's really good in. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, again, a movie that's not on fucking DVD, you can't find anywhere. I saw it, like, five years ago or something. Yeah, it was weird. I saw, I don't I know saw it on some weird on-demand streaming thing that was, like, <laughs> flying <laughs> yeah. beneath some corporate radar. Uh, but, yeah, the Mac, pretty fucking dope. And you can, yeah. see, you can see the things that influenced all over it right and yeah like so um one of the things i i brought up was like if, if you ever seen the this, Chappelle is, this, this show, scene was after he was elected king pimp yes or uh, the Mac. yeah after he was named mac of the year mac uh, of the year at the, <laughs> at the players ball so if you ever watch the Chappelle show and there's a sketch where they talk where they do the player haters ball uh, which is one of the best shit skits. One of my favorite first. Dave Chappelle. <laughs> yeah. God, I can't do that voice. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> like, I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you. <laughs> you all suck. Yeah. Um, but so that scene like is literally lifted directly yeah. from this movie. Charlie Murphy is wearing Pretty Tony's suit yes. and hat. Period. Yes. That's what he's wearing. Yeah. So it's and then like um, when they when he first goes down, they do the pimp hip hooray, which is the pimp salute. <laughs> uh, if you watch the HBO documentary on pimps up holds down, I, I did with Ice T in it. Well, but yeah, Ice T where he's getting the perm and he's like, he, we we all we all. I like, know I'm out in Hollywood right now, but like, I always been a pimp. We I always, always be pimps. a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm IT motherfucker. I'm, I know I'm on Law and Order every single week, but I'm out here pimping. Women in Ohio. Are you Ma- impersonating Ice T or Paul F. Tompkins impersonating <laughs> Ice T? <laughs> there's only there's only one way to do it, yeah. and that's uh, that's to throw Paul F. Tompkins under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's such it's such a really good movie. Like I said, just a duality of like showing like there is one how to mm-hmm. become corrupt, mm-hmm. and then like the fall comes through, and then like the last. 30 minutes of the movie is also ridiculous. Like, they shoot a guy up with battery acid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they they tie Pretty Tony up. See, I thought and, that was going to be like poetic justice. They shot him up with his own supply. Yeah, I thought yeah, so, too. That's what I thought. And then they're like, they... oh, hey, you put battery acid. But, <laughs> like, but a dude hides fuck? a gun in an accordion, which is like, <laughs> unless your assassin is Weird Al, like, I don't know what, like, I would still freak out if someone came at me with an accordion. I know, because you're watching that scene, and you can see in the rear view mirror, like, and I'm like, the... is that a guy with an accordion coming up? And she, I was like, shut, 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 He's probably gonna play polka. Call the police. Uh, yeah. It was oh, such a just, and then like they blow up a guy. They blow up a guy with dynamite and a landmine. <laughs> like, with like that's just strapped to an egg timer, I think, for cosmetic yeah. looks. After <laughs> after making him stab himself like five times with his sword cane, stick yourself with, with yeah, his own like, sword cane. It's like stick yourself, stick, stick yourself, pretty Tony. <laughs> Uh, it's such a good movie. Uh, so if you can find the Mac, you should definitely do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you want to take a break and then we can talk about some of the other movies? Yeah, let's take a little bit of a break. More Curtis Mayfield. Um, and we'll be back in a second. I'm so glad I've got my own. So glad that I can see. My life's a natural high. The man can't put no thing on me. I'm so glad I've got my own. So glad that I can see. My life's a natural high. The man can't put no thing on me. You're something kind of fun. 
Thank you guys so much for listening, and if you like listening to stuff, it's a good thing this episode is brought to you by Audible. And before I tell you more about it, know that you can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get started with a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of all Audible is. What is Audible? They've got over 180,000 different titles to choose from, ranging from audiobooks, comedy albums, radio shows, some of my favorite old-timey radio shows, and you can listen to them all on your iPhone, Android, MP3 player, desktop, tablet, doesn't matter, wherever you can plug in headphones. Audible's got all your, your bestsellers, your Game of Thrones, your Harry Potters, the latest biography from whatever comedian is you like, and they have become my go-to place to get audiobooks for an incredibly low cost. So once again, that's Audible, people, and you can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of the service. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Lasertime crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash lasertime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Like, our uh, Daniel, uh, our fucking Facebook uh, poobah, he found this fucking crazy thing that I've been obsessed with. Like, the guy who made Alf, and, like, and is Alf, he made a bunch of weird-ass puppet holiday specials God, for thought, Showtime before he he got he made it, he hit it with Al. I thought you were going to say that he was like, you know, Bill Cosby and Oh, it's coming. Like it's coming. <laughs> if you haven't like, if, Not Alf. If you haven't seen his impression of uh the kids with Tourette's, that that, that video exists well, and it's him Alf, Al saying the N-word over and over Alf again. Alf did seem <laughs> vaguely lecherous. I will say that. Yeah. Why would she dress like that if she didn't want me to eat her cat? <laughs> we all know uh, a blue-eyed cockroach was a euphemism. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Thank you, Dolomite. <laughs> Ghost of Rudy Ray Moore brings us into more laser time. <laughs> yeah. um, but we'll talk about him in a second. We got to get yeah. to some other some other films first. Dolomite's kind of the tail end. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, there's a reason why that. <laughs> there's definitely a reason why that. Uh, but I, I want to talk about uh, some of the ladies uh, yeah. in this because we haven't talked about we haven't talked about the patron saint of Black Expectations films, which is Pam, Pam Greer. Yeah, before Pam Greer was Jackie Brown, she was Foxy Brown. Yes, uh, and well, Coffee is first. Yes, Coffee is oh, 1973, uh, but Coffee is still. Coffee is a it's a it's a good movie for a start, but she's still very objectified, and it's like um it's it's also like where a lot of those like um, revenge rape movies from the 1970s kind of are built on the on the craft floor. Uh, but to me, Foxy Brown was the first one where it's like, yo, she is the baddest motherfucker in the fi- mm-hmm. in the room. When Foxy Brown comes to town, all the brothers gather round. 
Cause she can really shake them down. Foxy lady, foxy lady. Pam Greer, that one chick hit squad who creamed you as coffee, is back to do a job on the mob as Foxy Brown. You tell me who you want done, and I'll do the hell out of it. A chick with drive who don't take no jive. <laughs> why why don't we still talk about this shit? I don't sake. know. I don't know why. I don't I I, I honestly don't She's know why. She's to do down in a car at that point. I mm-hmm. don't know why it just seems like black actresses at a point is just like as soon as they are irrelevant, mm-hmm. they are just gone. Like mm-hmm. Halle Berry is just gone. Like she wasn't a great actress, but she was. She's just gone. She got you know? her Oscar. She's uh, Monster Ball is on Brown Sugar. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, she got her Oscar <laughs> right for... there next to Hoodlum and a uh, Blank Man. <laughs> yeah, she got... <laughs> but like Pam Greer, and to be fair, like the people who were growing up in the seventies and eighties were very much, you know, in love with Pam Greer, who is a gorgeous lady in this movie. Um, but she pulled a gun purely. out of her hair. So that's <laughs> some bayonetta shit. That also came from Coffee Brown. Like I think in coffee, in, uh, coffee, in coffee, in coffee, there's like a scene where someone, like um, a white lady, goes to grab her hair, and she had hid razor blades in her uh, hair. So she like she goes to grab her hair, she pulls back, she's like, ah, and she's like, she's like, ha, I had razor blades in my hair the whole time. I think like, that, that's, that's I, again. There's many things I find appealing about black exploitation movies. I'm not trying to diminish earlier when I was not trying to diminish the NAACP's point about why this is exploitative, but like, I also like violent ass shit. Right. And like oh, this yeah. movie is filled with violent ass shit, strong language and ridiculous characters. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a scene, uh, maybe an intersectional scene where, uh, Pam Greer's friend who she's trying to keep in hiding, uh, wants to go out to get a drink and just sort of stumbles into a lesbian bar, which, and this huge brawl ensues and seeing like Pam Greer, like, basically clock a lesbian in the face with a bar stool. It just seemed like a uh, take that second wave white feminism movement. I mean, moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it it's, like... it's 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 such a it's such a good movie. And Tarantino obviously loved this movie to the point where mm-hmm. he was like, I'm going to cast Pam Greer. And he was saying like he had read the story for um, for um, I almost said Foxy Brown, Jackie Brown. And he was like, he's like, I read it and it was just it couldn't be anyone but Pam Greer. And like, so she is like, she, to me, she is Hollywood royalty mm-hmm. and, you know, she doesn't get a lot of play. Um, another genre that kind of gets a little bit of shaft uh, are the black Kung Fu movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now that is because a lot of, well, a lot of these movies, they do Kung Fu um, <laughs> quotation marks, right? Yeah. Uh, but there a is a fan's version of Kung Fu. <laughs> there is definitely a, um, there's a, there's a holy there's a holy uh, patron saint. There we go. Of black kung fu movies, and that would be Black Belt Jones. Mm-hmm. And that's that's totally a blank spot for me. I didn't know he existed until Undercover Brother. Really? Yeah. So I. Do you want to play the trailer? Yes, yeah, play yeah, the trailer. Yeah. Enter Jim Dragon Kelly. He clubbers them up as Black Belt Jones. I lost three of my best men in there. And dust to dust. Now, who killed my father? Who's Pinky? What you wonderful little mama? I ain't your mama. 
Uh, I really like this movie. It's a ton of fun. And in some cool trivia about it, it is that it's the spiritual successor to Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. It's right. the same director. And uh, Jim Kelly, uh, the uh, guy that plays Black Belt Jones, is also in Enter the Dragon as like a, right. a smaller part. Okay. Right. And, and, and just from these scenes, this is clearly like 70% of the inspiration of Black Dynamite, especially anytime where he fights anybody. Well, black, to me... The Shaft doesn't kung fu anybody. Yeah. To me, this is definitely... <laughs> well, yes. Yes, his kung fu training scene is very much this and like a little bit of Superfly as well. Like, mm-hmm. But no, to me, this is this is where you get, you know, the last dragon. Mm-hmm. Like, this mm-hmm. is this is the logical step to the, to the last dragon yeah. is, is this movie. And uh, Gloria Hendry, who's also in this movie, is another black actress who was in a lot of these black exploitation movies, you know, um, as kind of like the leading lady in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love Felt Jones. It's a, it's a very, this is a very fun Kung Fu movie. And like, it, it was, it was the first one, like after watching black dragon where I was like, Oh, this is the two things I love karate mm-hmm. and watching black actors in this movie. Like Mortal Kombat absolutely. black people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I really like this movie. Uh, one of the things I uh, remember about it is that when a regular person punches a, person in the face it sounds like how a person gets hit in the face in a 70s movie when a person who's trained in kung fu or karate punches somebody in the face it just sounds like sounds like, like it like like, you, like yeah like you crank the screws all the way up on a snare drum and like where a grown man getting hit in the ball sounds like slapping a wet towel on concrete or something it's really funny it's always like psh, psh. This was yeah. really directed by the same guy did uh, did Last Dragon. Enter, no, the, Enter the Dragon. Dragon. Enter no. the Dragon. Oh, that's yeah. okay. Yes. No. Do you remember what the sequel is called? Uh, is that it's it has a ridiculous title. I don't remember what it was. Hot Potato. <laughs> right. <laughs> I did. Right. I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen this, but I'm, I'm also like less into comfort than like gritty crime shit. Okay. I mean, I, I get that. But you know, it's the You're right. It's the same genre. Yeah. Though. It's definitely same genre. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you get to these movies, you have said so you have Black Bell Jones. You also have like stuff like Black Caesar. Which Black yeah. Caesar was originally written for a white cast. Mm-hmm. Really? And yes. So when they were touring around, mm-hmm. Black Exploitation gets really big, make another black, you know, crime drama movie. Wow. And they rewrote Black Caesar for a black cast afterwards. But it was originally a script that had been like passed around forever. Huh. And they finally got it made. Yeah. I I, that I, DVD I, being in your house for like years, Sam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, what Fred Williamson. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I can't, I know his face so well, but I can't remember why. What else have, have I seen him in? Uh, over the well, years? Fred Williamson was in a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let me pull up his, his thing as I'm looking for it. But no, um, that's actually what Tarantino said. Like he was like, he was like, wow, by like, that's Fred Williamson. Yeah. I think Fred Williamson's in, I think he's in Jackie Dust Till Dawn. Yes, that's mm-hmm. it. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of. And uh, a title I can't say. <laughs> uh, a few titles you can't say, actually, <laughs> uh, if I recall boss, correctly. Boss something. Yeah. Uh, uh, I will not say it as well. You don't want to be the Jackie Robinson of the N-word? I absolutely don't. <laughs> and the show? So I was, I was talking to Sam about this earlier. It's something, it's so weird because like I never... Was like I I I have said the N word. I can't sit here and lie and say I haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said it in cool cool things. I think I said it. I think it's actually like how I I was like drunk one night and I text like I like text Michael Grimm one day. I was like, man, Michael Grimm, that's my. And I was like, oh, that's how we became like mm-hmm. friends. Um, but I'd like to say right now, I don't think it's okay for you to say it. Uh, well, unless you give me 
carte blanche to use it all the time. Absolutely not. <laughs> God damn it, this never works out. <laughs> tried uh, it a million works. times, doesn't work. Never yet. works. Yeah, but it was just something like I just never quokely like it. My parents were like, once you never said it. Right until I went to like Alabama. So we had that conversation. I didn't realize that until I had that conversation with a couple friends. And like, did you grow up with your parents saying? It? And I said, no, I didn't. They were shocked. Like, your parents didn't say that word. Like, no. Like, <laughs> and these are, these are liberals. Like, right. liber- my liberal friends and like, well, ours did. So right. like, uh, it's a hard thing to like wash off. And like, it, it doesn't bother me to hear. Right. Uh, but it does even some. I don't know. Some of my friends of mine. Like, I'm just. I didn't realize I was in a minority here. Whose parents didn't say the N word around them all yeah. the time? Yeah, no, like I said, just my, saying. I'm in a bigger bubble than I ever thought. Yeah, I mean, like I said, and as a as a black kid growing mm. up, like I, it was just something that we we never talked about. And like yeah. I said, until I went to Alabama, and then mm. it was more of a colloquial phase. Like, and like that's the one thing I don't like about Tarantino movies because he is like a very liberal enter. Mm. Uh, he loves that word a yeah. lot. Like Jackie Brown, the one thing that's like not great about it is literally every word is. And, 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 and it's she just, has, it fucking she has sucks. the coolest fucking, I'm trying to do her, her, I know the her, scene you're referring to where Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> where she, she turns the tables me. on him and the, yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's, yeah. it's such a cool read on the word. Cause like, I don't fucking love the word. I don't need the word at all. Right. But then like, uh, maybe don't come around me after I've watched a Dave Chappelle special. I'm going to want to repeat a couple of those things. And it's just like, he just throws it in there for flavor. It's just paprika. Yeah. It's, I, I he gets to call the about. president the N-word, and that makes me laugh so much. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll cut yeah. all this out. It's uh, <laughs> fine. Um, but yeah. He said it was fine! <laughs> Not to say. Um, but yeah, uh, let's let's get to Dolomite. Okay, Let's we? get to Dolomite. Oh, uh, Dolomite. Just, yeah, we can roll the trailer. I, say, uh, I, I'll tell, I, I do want to tell that story. You rat-suit-eating hockey motherfucker! God, I can't tell if that's... Really, from the movie, but the sound is, is. pretty bad. Oh, no, yeah, no, no, but just like that. I mean, I have a soundboard here. I'm, yeah. I can't spam it because it's uh, from the internet, and I don't know. All right, hold it. Move, girls. Come here. Come here, girls. I've been wanting to see me a honky dance. Dance, <laughs> motherfucker. Dance. Dance. I fucking love Dolomite. Uh, do we have the trailer for it? Yes. Oh, God, yeah, I want to hear the list. There, yeah. This has to be like the most horribly cut together trailer of all time, probably. <laughs> Look like my women is on time. Babe, I could show warm you up. No shit, baby. I can dig it. Dolomite is my name, and fucking up motherfuckers <laughs> is my game. Breathing down your neck. Girl, this motherfucker's got rhythm, have <laughs> I've got an all-girl army that knows what to do. They'll fox as hell and practice kung fu. I put my finger in the ground and turn the whole world around. God, I love this so much. Uh, 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 I can't say enough great things about Dolomite. It makes me so happy. Yeah. So, well, go ahead. Yeah, I was like, what happens when you give a comedian... Mm-hmm. Fucking carp launch to do whatever the fuck right. you want to do that you can produce your own music and direct your own movie and yeah. star in your own movie. Your but own you're movie. not going to give him much money to much make money the movie. To do it. I mean, the story is fascinating uh, behind the the film. I, I, I had never heard it before, so I went and got it this time. But like Rudy Ray Moore <laughs> was a comedian and he made a party album. Right. And party albums are things we don't have anymore. And it's they're sort of difficult to describe. But I, I think we played some of them like 
Like Clarence Carter had a song on a party album. That, the Run DMC Christmas song is a sample of one of yeah. Backdoor Santa. Uh, but like, I don't know. Like, I can't think of it. Like that. There's a that we were just looking up a stick my dick in the mashed potatoes thing. Like that's a party. <laughs> that's yeah. From that Beastie Boys sample. It's from a party album that literally there's like you can hear glasses tinking and people laughing. Uh, and you're supposed to put it on at parties. Like when you don't have shit else to do, you're not able to watch YouTube videos in the early 70s. Right. You put on an album that's not necessarily stand-up, but like this other weird thing. Mm-hmm. So Dolomite was this character that Rudy Ray Moore played in an eight-minute track off of his album. What's it called? Eat More Pussy? Um, <laughs> God, really? No, it's, it's got a similar name. Hold on. Eat Out More Often. Eat Out More Often. <laughs> and the album cover makes it very clear because he's about to like dive into a bathtub with a naked woman in it. You know, um, I think I've seen the picture. I mean, I think I've seen the cover. For and, uh, yeah, this is, this is Dolomite's premiere in the early 70s. But I want you to light your joint, take a real good shit, screw your wig on tight. And let me tell you about the little bad motherfucker called Dolomite. <laughs> now, Dolomite was from San Antonio. A rambling, scambling, gambling little young motherfucker from the day he was born. Right on. <laughs> well, the day he was dropped from his mommy's ass, okay. he slapped his pappy's face and said, from now on, cocksucker, I'm running this place. <laughs> it's so strange, like the yeah. idea of a party album. Well, it was uh, for me. It was kind of interesting uh, how I found out about Dolomite. Uh, it was a movie it's, from the should have been me. Early the, mid- we were watching black exploitation movies. Like, there's this movie Dolomite, and I couldn't show it to you because we were living in a non-internet age. I could only show you Great White Hype. Right, the Great White Hype with uh, Damon Wayans, and who is that white guy uh, that's in Peter that? Berg? Peter Director Berg. Peter yeah, Berg. Right. Yes, right. <laughs> who's like. Was it Sam Mas- Jackson and uh, John Lovitz and like yeah, and it's like Peter Berg has an album like uh, made. It's Bob not whipping. Yeah, I, I keep wanting to say massive head wound Harry, but I know that's like an <laughs> SNL character. But it's something like massive head wound or something like that. But anyway, uh, Damon Wayans in the movie, he's a boxer, and the way he gets pumped up before a match is to watch these clips from this movie. He's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like, where he's like, that's for fucking with me, you, you know. No blah, business blah, blah. jock job, motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> and so when I would see those clips uh, after Chris had told me about it. I'm like, I, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. And then one day, I think in maybe 1997 or something like that, a, uh, a friend I had in high school said that he went out to the flea market and he's like, they have that fucking movie there on VHS. So I went back out there and got it. And then we were just like in stitches watching. We were obsessed. (laughs) Because like, I don't, Dolomite is black exploitation, but I think first and foremost, Dolomite, Dolomite is the best bad movie. One of the best bad movies ever made. And it's also like, a bad fucking movie. Yeah. Like, yes, it's it's, it's, it's very terrible. Like, yeah. like with yeah. like sixteen A's, bad. Yeah. So all the really funny shit in Dolomite happens probably in the first twenty five minutes, mm-hmm. and then after that, it's really boring. <laughs> well, not if you're like it's like, poorly written. Like and everybody drink every time you see the car holding the camera in the window of a shot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, or, or the boom or the mic, boom mic fall dips, in. Yeah. Because like I, I was shocked by this. This confirmed to me that like because whenever I told someone about it, no one knew about Dolomite. Like we were we're in this little group. There's this tiny internet fan page that knew about Dolomite. Right. Even like my black friends didn't know about Dolomite. Right. And like, uh, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like Mad TV creates a reoccurring sketch with Dolomite. Do you ever see, you may have never even seen these. I may have, but I've long since forgotten. And like, it. just that the fact they happen so often led me to believe like, 
was Mad TV like just considered a black show to be a black show? I mean, what? Yeah, season, I was going to say season hard, but you had what? Uh, Aerie Spears. Phil Lamar, Aerie Spears. Aerie Sp- uh, uh, Key and Pill. Phil Lamar played uh, Black Belt Jones yes. in a couple of the sketches. Yes. Uh, but in. in I do not want to overshadow Will Sasso's dumb sheriff character. <laughs> oh, Dolomite, we go get it's so fucking but it like it shows you why I love Dolomite, which is a, a just a parade of yelled lines. Right. <laughs> I love yelled lines well, from Rudy Ray Moore. I love in the trailer that you just showed where he says like uh breathing down your neck. Motherfucker. Because somebody I, I in that scene somebody says like, you know, "Hey baby, where's Dolomite?" and he's like, "Breathing down your neck." But before he can finish the line, he starts firing, firing the, the gun. gun and he's still doing the line and it makes me think like, "Well, sorry Rudy Ray Moore, we only had one clip of submachine gun ammo for you to do that scene, so we're just going to have to print that make, one." You know? He's trying to make the Walmart cut. Yeah. Which by the way, I bought a giant Dolomite set at Walmart for like $30 every Rudy Ray Moore movie ever. Wow. Wow. The uh, only other movie of his that I've seen I think is Petey Wheatstraw, The, the Devil's Devil Son-in-Law. Son-in-Law. Yeah. Okay. You haven't seen the humor turn. Look up, look up, do me a favor, everyone listening, look up Dolomite's poster and if you want to enjoy, it's the worst Photoshop I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. His head is on the wrong side of his body. His fist <laughs> is too big. It's hysterical, but it's all, it's all beautiful because it's all self-financed and like, right. and like he, he, I think he said it took him over a year to make, and you would look at this movie and like this took more than an hour to make. Oh, it took more than a year to make because he would have to go on tour to get more money to finance it himself. Yeah, and I have to, I have to wonder if he made kind of a significant amount of money on this. He probably did. Um, there's a lot of so like Ray Ray Moore, like he spawned a lot of people um, from like that kind of got popular in the, like the late '90s, early aughts mm-hmm. um, in black culture, like. Um, I don't know if people were fans of the old comic view, but if there was like a comic that was on there, uh, Ricky, uh, Ricky Smiley, he does like, he does. Okay. So he does like a lot of morning radio, but Mm -hmm. he used to, in the late nineties, early aughts, used to sell like CDs that were kind of like this, but they were, they were like, I guess people always like talk about like the jerky boys. I never Mm -hmm. listened to jerky boys, but I heard, uh, Ricky, I've heard of, um, of Ricky do his, like his like um uh prank, prank phone calls mm-hmm. and those were sold on albums just like this to the point where he got big enough where he got his own BET show. No shit. So like it was something like it that's the one thing you see with a lot of this stuff. It's like it kind of gets replicated over and over again. Like cause what is what is Tyler Perry but fucking the black uh, a black exploitation <laughs> or but a black exploitation <laughs> director from the seventies, like I now found my niche. My niche is now making these really weird Christian Love movies. <laughs> <laughs> One last uh, funny. No, I, got, I gotta play this Mad TV. Special. Okay, okay, go ahead. Like, it no, just, I, it just, oh, it, it, this is stupid. I, I'm just gonna play it anyway because I got it. Yeah, roll but like it. they did this multiple times, including Dolomite Goes to Space, which is my favorite one. <laughs> but it's mostly about people tripping over pieces of the set and the boom mic falling in and odd cuts in the middle of the film. And that's what I truly love about Dolomite. White girls, white girls, come gather round. Cause Dolomite's gonna show you how it's going down. Like this brandy, it goes down with ease. And so will I when you drop to your knees. That doesn't make sense to It's the sheriff. It's the sheriff. What? <laughs> it's the sheriff. We own the pimp cane. You crackers must be insane always want my pimp cane well come on mother suckers whooping your ass will so be gravy cause I not only know karate I 
no crazy. Dude, this that they made so many of these sketches in the late nineties led me right. to believe Dolomite was a much bigger phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a huge, like I said, there's definitely a huge just fandom, especially of older black people of Dolomite. Like even in uh, even in Black Dynamite, there's obviously talking about like how the movie is shot. Like mm-hmm. you see scenes where. Michael Jai White stands up and the boom mites in the yes. in the shot. Right. And then literally the character Bullhorn is Dolomite. And yeah, the, the guy who does all the trailer. Yes. And my favorite scene in that movie is they're doing this fight scene in the pool hall in the in the pool hall. Mm-hmm. And Bullhorn's doing the whole Dolomites like and he's he slaps the guy. The guy breaks character. He's like he's like, look you motherfucker, don't and they have to go get the, they, they get like a training guy. no they get like a training dummy coming. Yeah. It's like ugh like oh it's so uh it's <laughs> that scene is fantastic. Yeah, and I was always like enamored with uh, the movie when it came out. I mean, uh, I had a couple of anecdotes. Like one, one of my favorite pranks uh, that I would do on our mutual friend Chris. Mm. Oh yes. was uh, replace his Windows startup uh, ding sound or whatever with the Dolomite soundtrack, and then crank his volume on his speaker all the way up. So then when he would start up his computer, it would be like. He's bad, bad, but like, you know, at like a thousand decibels. Yeah. And then the other one was that uh, we sort of kind of actually didn't have an opportunity to see Rudy Ray Moore when he came uh, through town back in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, I guess, doing some kind of performance at this place called uh, the Top Flight Club, which is by FAMU, which is mm-hmm. this uh, HBCU here in town. We knew we were going to be like fishes out of water and we, and we, expected to kind of get yeah we expected to get kind of made fun of like on deaf comedy jam like, <laughs> yeah, hey, we, white like, people. we like we cannot sit near the front <laughs> yeah. row like we'll be half the show i know like <laughs> so but we walk up there and there's people in like top hats like dressed to the nines yeah, and all this stuff and we try to go in any way and they're just like we have a dress code here yeah and we were promptly <laughs> I, rejected i was wearing a t-shirt yes. and they <laughs> yeah. sent us home yeah. they sent us home because i i do because Part of my love for black exploitation, yes, is wrapped up with smug Gen X irony. Mm. Uh, but but not for like Shaft and Superfly and shit. I've seen all that stuff pretty recently. Like I right. really like that stuff. And and it did develop into a genuine love of Rudy Ray Moore. Because I don't I don't understand him as a celebrity. Like he just doesn't make sense to me. Because he's sort of like he's not a rapper. Right. But he's like a poet. Right. He and, is the progenitor of rap. Yeah, like it's like it just like and it's a filthy poet, right? <laughs> yeah. right but I mean, it's it's so like I think a lot of that stuff resonated across the board mm-hmm. because it was looking at it was looking at black culture, but again, mm-hmm. like I said, not written by like a white person. This yeah. was written by black people. So when you look at a culture like that, when you're able to see like when you're able to see you know that even if it's like Rudy Ray Moore, like kind of on the side of ridiculousness, Mm -hmm. you can still understand like, okay, I understand that. It's the reason why people love Kevin Hart, right? Mm -hmm. Because Kevin Hart is Kevin Hart. And if you meet, like you can meet a black person like, oh, I see like a Kevin Hart (laughs) in that person, you know? Like it's it's being able to be authentic. I I think like even like right now, one of the big podcast acts is Deezus and Mero. And they're two people of color from New York who are them, right? And yeah. that is what the appeal is. It's like... Where are they now? They are... they are doing their Showtime so thing? So they're, they're, that Showtime thing is supposed to happen in 2019. Okay. But they just like redid their whole podcast. Like They have like a new podcast studio and like they have like a video thing on it. But it's like people want authentic, authentic, authenticity. Mm. That's the word. People, <laughs> want, people want that. And I think that's what these movies really did. Kind of like to kind of like wrap these stuff with a bow. Why these movies went away. So 
What's <laughs> one more topper for Dolomite? Because I'm, okay. I'm excited to announce this because you guys might not know it. Okay. Because one of the things I love about the film is like if you go through like go through the cast list and like the guy who wrote the screenplay is the guy who plays Blakely, and the guy who's the director is also uh, is also Willie Green, the villain. Right. <laughs> uh, the guy and and. What's uh, what's one of my favorite movies I dragged you guys to over Halloween? Do you remember? It was outside. We went to go see Ed Wood. Yeah. And I hate biopics, but I love great making of movies. Movies about making a movie. Right. Uh, and the guys who wrote Ed Wood have written a movie called My Name is Dolomite. Really? And, uh, <laughs> and I was just reading I was just reading um, an interview with Rudy Ray Moore like on fucking suicidegirls.com. <laughs> like that, that's like the last he's he's been dead for about 10 years. Well, you know he's a suicide girl. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my ass tattoo on the screen. You won't believe I can't rhyme. Uh, but but and he's like, "Yeah, I think I think I want to do a remake and I think Wesley Snipes would be a good guy to play uh, the new Dolomite." Yeah. He got half his wish. Wesley Snipes is playing the guy, the director slash Willie Green, and Eddie Murphy is playing Rudy Ray Moore's Dolomite. Bullshit. In the movie called My Yes, the movie written by the Ed Wood guys, starring Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock. Uh, like it's this is greenlit in production. You can or? see pictures of them in, in their suits right now. Holy oh, They're shit. big, yeah. giant pastel, horribly uncomfortable suits. Oh my god! It's it, it's so wonderful. I'm. I'm so happy to be able to report that. Like, I think, Dolomite, pe- more people will know about Dolomite as of next yeah. year. This podcast will be relevant again for all of you <laughs> who skipped it because uh, there'll be a big fucking movie out of it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's another trip to Tallahassee. I'm gonna have to Ooh, think, yeah. I, have to, I oh. think I have to watch that. So your reaction yeah. for that. I'm so happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That'll be our new Marvel reaction. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Dolomite. Like, oh, hey. Like, hey well, the movie was bad. It was also yeah. out of sight. It was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so 77 is when Dolomite comes out. But 77 is also when a little movie called Star Wars comes out. Mm-hmm. Now the companies are starting to make big movies Tentals. again. They're mm-hmm. like, and like movie going industry is now, it's no longer this thing where it was losing money. Well, I just, it's that bullshit that like we can't have a bunch of movies that make a little bit of money. We right. need to invest, we need to push all our chips in on this thing that makes big money forever. And like the black exploitation movies that literally got them through a drought where the studios might have died. Right. They kind of like, those people be, went from being like well-known actors to civilians again overnight. Right. And, like some of them, right? And this, well, the thing is, they cherry picked them, right? It's yeah. the whole like not to bring wrestling into it, but it's like mm-hmm. you know when when Wrestling Federation bought WCW, they're like, okay, we're going to get the ones that we want, and we'll promote that. And so when the eighties, you look at people like Eddie Murphy, you mm-hmm. look at people like um, you know Chris Rock towards the end. Into next year, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, Richard 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 Roundtree definitely makes more movies and stuff. Yep. Like, you, they start taking away the guys, but Pam Greer goes away That's until totally. Tarantino, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, um, and Jim Brown, who was a very big and, player, and, uh, Tim Burton. Yeah, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Well, Jim Brown and Pam Greer are in Mars Attacks, right? And they have yeah. been another. Or you could say John Carpenter. Uh, yeah. Pam Greer was mm-hmm. in Escape from L.A. Was with she? her yeah. voice modded, so oh she was my god, supposed to be transgendered. It was really yeah. awkward. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, that that <laughs> but, fucking Rob Zombie song stuck in my head. Uh, yeah, but yeah. and then like I said, so in the eighties, is you kind of see the, them get pulled away, and then in the nineties, what they basically did was start saying, well, what if we gave these black exploitation movies actual like actual a budget so you yeah. have new jack city which is definitely yeah. a black exploitation movie but with an actual budget you know you have the spike lee mm. movies that he was doing which are all would have been the same it's kind of when thing. you read these articles like it always they always end with do the right thing and i'm not right. 
I don't see that through, and I love do the right thing, but I don't, I don't know that I see that through line other than that, like it's a mostly black production crew as well. No, I, I, I put do the right thing. That's more of a New York movie, yeah. right? Like it's, it's in that kind of like realm of like the Woody Allen movies where mm. it's very New York. Like to me, when I think of black exploitation, I think of something like, um, uh, I was going to say Coonskin, but that's not Coonskin is on brown sugar. It is a black exploitation movie. Uh, is Ralph? It is Ralph Bakshi's. Ralph Bakshi's uh, black exploitation movie. Mm. I'm trying to think of the the black exploitation movie that has like kind of the same name. Um, and it was 19. It's like 1990s. Where, make me say Coonskin again? No. Um, when I think it's um, it's Damon Wayans playing like uh, he's playing like executive oh. trying to get fired. So he does Fuck, like the Spike the, Lee movie. Uh, about blackface with uh, the, the the tap dancer guy. What's his name? Gregory Hines. Uh, Bamboozled. 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 Right. That, oh, that's a that. black exploitation yeah. movie that was made in the 90s. Jeez, it, but, I remember that one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But, I saw I mean, in the theater with my dad. <laughs> the only <laughs> white people there. Uh, but it's, like I said, when you when you look at what, what Hollywood basically did was like, okay, we'll, we'll take aspects of this culture. Mm-hmm. You know, these movies, like, these movies are, from the 70s, are unapologetically black. Yeah. And what is that movie that like Billy D. Williams is a star in? The next year he's in Star Wars. It's uh, like it almost like signals the end of black exploitation. But I don't remember. I've I've also have a very not great. Uh, no, no, I'll look it up. Billy D. Williams. Yeah, but no. Um, what 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 it comes down to is what happened was a lot of Hollywood said, okay, well, what we can do is instead of us bringing like doing these black exploitation movies that have these very black movies. What if we just took the culture? What if we just took the aspect of it, right? And I think mm. one of the things that I really I really dislike when we came to Hollywood and it's gotten better now is they saw those black exploitation movies and they had the problem that I think a lot of people who just looked at it in a glancery um, look mm-hmm. had. They looked at the stuff from the Mac that was really cool mm-hmm. said, well, what if we did more stuff like that? Or they looked at stuff from, you know, um, Superflies, like, what if we did that? You know, and that's that's the good guy. So we still had a, we still had movies that were now based on, okay, well, we have black guys who are criminals and pimps and, you know, and and people who are going out of jail, going in and out of jail, but without any kind of redeeming factor. I think we've got started to get better now. Like, it still bugs me that Denzel won the Oscar for Training Day when he did a better fucking movie that year in John Q. That wasn't the same year. Was it the same year? That's the same year. Holy shit. John Q is the same year. John Q is a better movie. John Q has him actually being a parent Mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to get his son, you know, alive as as opposed to playing the worst fucking character of all time. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So, like... But But it did lead to one of the best Dave Chappelle skits ever. Yes, (laughs) Yes, so, yes. <laughs> that's any consolation. Oh. <laughs> and I'm it sorry, was the Rudy! reason the reason you don't know the Billy D. Williams movie I mentioned is because it's not worth mentioning. But ah. it's like the the studio's last gasp at black exploitation. It has a great title, but we're all, we're all going to remember uh, the Bingo Long Traveling All Stars and Motor Kings. Ah. Uh, it's the about a fuck is that? It's a, about a Negro League baseball team who's uh, striking out to do it for themselves. But it's got Billy D. Williams, James Earl Jones, and uh, Richard Pryor leading the cast. <laughs> Um, wow. And it's got a great poster, uh, but yeah. Then like right after that, Homeboys in Star Wars, and it's like he didn't have movies like that to go back to. No, uh, and like it, he was the leading man for Colt Forty Five, mm-hmm. and then he yeah. just became. I rem- I remember that. If you look at if my you, you look at Billy D. Williams IMDb, and it's just like the last twenty years have been like something with Star Wars, and it yeah. he's playing Lando again. No, I gotta mm. be gotta be smooth like yeah. Lando. Yeah, I gotta be. 
Ooh, even when I'm on my Lego character, you know I fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know I. Fuck. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, shit. Yeah, I mean, like, I oh, said, and I, I did. There, I didn't oh. know black exploitation had its expendables. That Fred Williamson. Yes, in nineteen in in nineteen ninety six. Yeah, or six or seven. One of the nineteen ninety six. And I saw it on accident yeah. because it has a terrible title. It's called Original Gangstas with an A S. Yes, and you just assume it's another one of like a straight to HBO movie, which it was because that's where I saw it. But right. it's got Jim Brown, Pam Pam Greer, Richard Roundtree, right? Uh, Fred Fred uh, Fred Williamson. Fred Williamson. Yeah, like writing it or or in the coat like. Directing it uncredited. No, he directed and funded the movie because yeah. he it went to the guy who um, who shot Superfly and he was like, "Hey, if uh, hey, Gordon can Park. we do this?" Yeah, he's like, yeah. "Gordon Park's like, mm-hmm. okay, you get four get four million dollars and we'll do it." So he was able to get he was able to get um he was able to get the I think this like a studio to front him two point five million dollars mm-hmm. and he put up the other two million dollars wow. to make the movie. And like you said, it's because he he said after the black exploitation movies were done, he told Hollywood he's like, "All right, I'll do your movie, but I can't get killed. You can't beat me in a fight. <laughs> and I get if I'm attracted to the girl, I get the girl. And no one would Can ever describe what happens to Jim Brown and Mars Attacks. <laughs> but he's like, no one would ever give him that in his movies. So he's like, okay, then I will never do another movie because a lot of the movies end up like, okay, well now we have these actors." What if we can make Shaft like a fucking asshole, you yeah. know, or like a piece of shit, you mm-hmm. know? And that's, you know, unfortunately where sometimes that kind of goes. So mm-hmm. I, it's like I said, I, I love how black entertainment is. I love when we're able to look back on black entertainment mm-hmm. because when we look at it, we don't realize how integral it is to the culture in itself to the black experience. Cause I, I can't describe this very well, but like duh racism. So like in the 1970s when like, like shaft is operating in a world where everybody hates him and everybody is working against him. Right. So like no matter what kind of viewer you are, you end up rooting for him because he can't go to the cops and he can't go to the FBI and he can't appeal to the criminals. And it's just like, he has nobody and nothing right. and the world mm-hmm. sucks. And that's, <laughs> I think that's why the movie works. Cause like the ending is him like, all right, I'm going to grab all the bus boys and all the goddamn hotel staff, and we're going to literally hit white people with fire hoses. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the movie's fantastic. But I think also the great thing about these movies is they all have a twinge of optimism and hope. Yeah. Like, for however shitty this situation is, for mm-hmm. all those movies, at the end of the day, the good guy doesn't die. Yeah. And it's there's a hope. He that takes like two Tommy gun bullets, though. That shit was insane. <laughs> and a lot of these, another thing I love about these movies, they have. Something that's really great we haven't talked about is seventies blood, which is yes. so bright and ridiculous, yeah. and like doesn't doesn't seem to move as much. Like it's just paint. On yeah, it is body. just like the same stuff you would paint your house with. <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> but but when they when they do that shit, when you see someone get hit and that's the, the blood flies in a film, it's awesome. <laughs> Ugh, sorry, you keep going, yeah. Trav. No, yourself. it's just like I said. Um, I I I don't want I don't want black history or black black history, but mm-hmm. you know, black entertainment to die and i mm-hmm. think watching these movies watch something like you know black panther mm-hmm. not black panther but yeah black panther but uh black dynamite you know watching stuff like i want to get you sucker like mm-hmm. even though those things are parody they're they are very important to watch because you want to know you want to know where your fucking flossing comes from kids mm-hmm. like you want to know like where the black culture where chris rock did, is that where he first did is like uh let me just get one wing yeah yeah, like, I'm gonna get that, you sucker. yeah. yeah he had a bit part and i'm gonna get you sucker, yeah. which was hilarious yeah <laughs> and they, change 400 <laughs> <you know? laughs> 
<laughs> and then he goes and does New Jack City, where he fucking looks like he. It's the he's it's so, the fucking Richard Pryor thing. Yeah, right? he's like, so drugged out looking in that. Oh, and speaking so of Nino Brown, if my wife is listening to this, I did remember to put the Thanksgiving turkey in the freezer. Okay. <laughs> you don't remember giving out turkeys like Nino Brown? Yes. Yes. yes okay. Yes, At least somebody got it. I did not. But what? I mm. can't get everything, uh, including another drink because we're out. Um, okay. All right. You ready? To, we ready to shut yeah, down? Yeah. We can go ahead. And, yeah. We can go ahead. Uh, but like, down. you know what? Yeah. Like, if you're Dolomite is, by the way, as much as we talk about it, that shit is advanced viewing. Yes. You need to work up to that. You need to really know why you love bad movies or black exploitation. Mm-hmm. So I, I would recommend. Either starting with Black Dynamite or I'm going to get you sucker, and then moving in to like Hollywood Shuffle, and then moving into the movies they're talking about. And I, th- I think the best one is like just how good Shaft looks. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. Like you don't have to appreciate the genre to like it. Um, it is the least radical, I think. Right. But um, it it it's still fucking awesome. If and, you if you can get a copy of the, if you can get a copy of the Mac, do it. Yeah, yeah, and I will say with Michael Jai White's um, Black Dynamite, it really does help to see both Shaft and Dolomite beforehand. Yeah. Yes. You'll get the joke so much more. All the Kung Fu shit is Black Belt Jones jokes I never got. <laughs> yeah. Like Even when you show, we watch that trailer clip to play the clip for you, it's like, that's the same pool hall. And the guy's wearing the same hat. Like it's, I, I wouldn't have gotten that. Uh, but I do think that that's, might be also advanced, too, because that's like... that's Is that even, is that even rated R? Uh, Black Belt Jones... I think it is. Mm. Oh, also, if you watch, if you watch Sleepback, that is a rated X movie. Right. Wanted to be a rated X movie. Go into the mindset that, that is a rated X movie. Yeah. Did you see, did you see the <laughs> tagline he put on the first poster? No. Rated X by an all white jury. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's often hard to say because like PG in the 1970s yeah, is like rated R by the time you we get just, to the 1980s. We just yeah. finished um, uh, Elm Street Nightmare season two in like uh, Patreon.com slash laser time. You can get them all there. But like, Dude, those movies are cut to shit by the MPA. They hated Jason. Right. And Freddie got away with, ha-ha, murder uh, by comparison. But, like, those movies are tame as shit. So mm-hmm. I can see, like, if you're watching a guy get, like, if a bullet hole form in a face, <laughs> like, that might get you an X. And, right. Like, but, like, that's that's one of the things I do like about 70s cinema, um, that it was dirty and disgusting and brutal and violent and mean and gross. And I'm glad we don't live in that world. But I like that we have movies reflecting it, and we know what we don't want to go back to. Right. Right. Um, oh yeah, I didn't even mention the guy who wrote Shaft. He won. He won an Oscar for a French Connection. Anyway. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just closing my notes so we can close the show. <laughs> this has been Laser Time, people. We have a ton of other episodes, including stuff about the recession and other things. I would guess it's been a while since I looked at stop texting me and uh, and we, <laughs> and also thirty twenty ten every single week we look thirty twenty and ten years back in time. Uh, I believe a few months ago we talked about Action Jackson, a really fun, yeah, k- kind of black exploitation wannabe, right, right, uh, right but it's right. it's 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 excellent. Bad was I that was, uh, was it Carl Weathers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, no. yeah, it is Carl Weathers. Is it Carl Weathers? Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, because it's Carl Weathers and Vanity mm. in that movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, Action Jackson, and I think you know Undercover Brother, which you mm. probably won't get to, but it's not I love it. I mentioned Undercover yeah. Brother. I was would... say you, you won't get to it on 2010 for a while. Oh, it's because yeah. is it oh four? I think it's 03, actually. 03? It's, it's got, like, Eddie Griffin. Yes. And, um, 
the guy who played Uncle Dave Ruckus. Uh, but yeah, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, because he was the original voice of Undercover Brother in the cartoons. Yeah, and he yeah, plays yeah. Uh, Smart Brother. Yes. <laughs> Dave Chappelle yeah. plays Conspiracy Brother. <laughs> I want to watch Action Jackson again. Let's uh, do because it. you can see a guy do a somersault over a car and drive a car up a flight of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Inside a building. Carpeted stairs. <laughs> it's uh, very entertaining. It's Carl Weathers, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have had a great time with this. Um, let us know what we might have missed or things that you like. Um, I'm sure Trav has heard of most of them. I, I can't say that I have. Yeah. Uh, but this is a genre, a genre I was very fascinated by, and I did I had no idea how short-lived it was. You could, like, in a summer, go through every single exploitation movie of the period that it thrived in. There, yeah. yeah, there's more than you think out there, though. They're there are, because yeah. they, were, they were very cheap, and part of its downfall was being very cheap and easy to uh, uh, recreate and steal yeah. right. and just do the same movie all over and over, yeah. over again. Like um, Blackula. We didn't talk about that. We talked about Blackula. <laughs> Blackenstein's on brown sugar. Yes, Blackenstein. Uh, but not Blackula. <laughs> and who knows, maybe right. the Blunch Black of Blochard. I'm going to get a subscription to brown sugar. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been like, Trav, what do you got to plug? Uh, so, yeah, I do another show called uh, P&B. It's a podcast where I kind of bullshit with my friends. Uh, we're supposed to talk about video games, but of course, why would we do that? Talk about anime. <laughs> yeah, we do talk about anime. We have an anime show called Full Metal Optimist where me and my buddy Dylan Tierney talk about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which is one of the best animes I've ever seen in my life. So we kind of go that through that episode by episode. Um, we also have Grind Forever, which is the RPG show. I take a guest and we talk about any RPG that they are wanting to talk about. And we also do Level Select, where we kind of talk about the best levels in video games that is hosted by Robert Beach. Um, you can also help us find stuff over at patreon.com slash pnb. And yeah, we have a really cool type thing. If you do that, I have we have two other shows. We do After Alpha, which is our actual play podcast, where we play a game, space RPG game. And then um, if uh, we also have a show called Foster and Jones, where myself and Michael Jones talk about the scourge that is sports, mainly basketball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I used to do a op-ed show, which I'm I'm revamping the brain back called Fostering Opinion. I had Chris on. Uh, back when I was doing it on YouTube, and I wanted to do kind of more of an op-ed uh, discussion type show, so it's that pa- will be coming. Patreon.com slash PNB. Patreon.com slash PNB. You heard it, Dave. But thank you so much for joining us, Teal. Yeah, thank you, Teal. Um, uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new topic. I don't know what it's going to be just yet, but uh, yeah, stay there every Monday, Tuesday ish uh, for an awesome surprise. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. You can support us at Patreon.com slash Laser Time or support tra- TL at P- <laughs> Patreon.com slash PNB Music Factory. Uh, did I mess that up? Uh, anyway, let's close that with a Superfly theme. You haven't heard it yet. Uh, and go get some, go listen to Curtis Mayfield. It's cool. Yeah. Oh, Superfly. You're going to make